0: Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to continue our discussion of what to do financially after the loss of a spouse. Uh, this is part two. Uh, we'll, do, we'll continue the discussion from last week, talking about the common problem areas that um, create the most stress, that, that help people, uh, cause people to be the most overwhelmed in that situation. You know, loss of a spouse. I just can't even begin to understand what's involved with that. Um, But these financial areas are important, and they're areas that people overlook, and they create a lot more stress for themselves because they overlook them. Um, This is one of my favorite topics to speak on. It's one I love to speak at, particularly at the churches and the sport groups. In fact, um, we actually have a DVD associated with this message. all of our message, all the radio shows are up on our website. You're always welcome to listen to those again. But this one in particular, we've actually produced a separate DVD um, that you can, you can give out to your friends or family or anybody that uh, might be interested in that t- this type of message. So uh, if you would like that, you can just call the office, talk to anybody there. Uh, we will mail a DVD to someone uh, or mail it to you. You can give it to them. Uh, there's no obligation, no cost uh, whatsoever, we're not going to call the person or anything along those lines, we just want people to have this information. Um, we want them to know the common problem areas that create the stress and and just try to do our part to help them through an overwhelming time. Um, just a quick summary of last week, we talked about several different issues. Um, One of the things we talked about was um, the possibility of having life insurance um, but not being aware of what the companies or the agents, you know, how do you find out if you have some different insurance uh, policies. There's also several different areas that uh, contain policies that a lot of people don't even realize to look. Um, I mentioned the Medical Information Bureau, the MIB. The Medical Information Bureau is a third party that houses insurance information on people. Uh, If an application was made to an insurance company, they will have it. Uh, They will do a search, they're not necessarily going to tell you whether or not the policies are enforced, but at least they give you a starting place of someone to contact. Uh, Other places to look, trade associations, fraternal groups, employers, labor unions, banks. Credit cards, uh, all these. Um, if you have a, if you have a checking account with the bank, there's probably a small insurance policy associated with that. If you have a credit card with a company, there's probably a small insurance policy uh, associated with that. Uh, trade unions, fraternal groups, employers, labor unions, um, membership generally will have some sort of benefit associated with life insurance. So I encourage you to make those phone calls to see whether or not there's any kind of benefit there. Uh, Mortgage cancellation insurance is also another area that we mentioned that I mentioned before. Uh, A lot of people have purchased mortgage cancellation insurance when they took out a mortgage years ago and forgotten about it. And you can determine whether or not that policy is in place by looking at your mortgage statement uh, and there will be some sort of deduction. There'll be a small deduction but there'll be some sort of deduction on there for insurance, and it will say that. And you can give them a call and contact them um, to see what uh, what paperwork would be involved for filing for that claim. Um, some of the other ideas that I mentioned uh, was not using a personal checking account to receive bills from a state or pay um, to pay bills from a state or receive income from a state. All these transactions need to be separate. And they need to be in a specific estate account uh, that's set up with the bank. Um, very, very, very important. Um, some of the other areas that I want to cover today, uh, one of those areas uh, is with a reverse mortgage. Um, a lot of older people have taken out reverse mortgage. Uh, reverse mortgages as part of their retirement. And um, I'm actually a, a big advocate of those types of things. We've talked about that in other shows relating to income for retirement and so forth, but the biggest issue here is that if you if you are a surviving if you are a surviving spouse and you're on the reverse mortgage loan and on the title, you generally will have the option of remaining in the home. So if you're a surviving spouse, you're on the loan, you're on the title, you will have the option of remaining in the home. That is very standard for a reverse mortgage. Um, reverse mortgages are triggered by the last person last person on title leaving the home for 12 months or more or dying so in general if you if you are on that mortgage or if you're on the title you're in good shape the problem is if you're a surviving spouse and you're not on the loan or not on the title there's a problem and in recent years there has been some remedies for this situation but This is something that you need to get some help for and to look into, because you may have a problem. That loan might become due and payable um, if you're not on the title, and you may need to refinance it um, to get rid of that lien in order for you to stay in the home. So I only want to encourage people in those types of situations, if you're not on the loan or if you're not on the title, uh, you need to get some help to look at this. And normally when someone is not on the loan, it's because they weren't 62 uh, when the loan was taken out, which is one of the requirements for a reverse mortgage. Uh, Both parties have to be 62 or older. So sometimes um, the loan is only done in one person's name um, or the title of the house is put in one person's name for that very reason. Because one spouse is 62 or greater, the other spouse is 62 or younger. And in order to qualify for that, uh, that's what they had to do but there's several things that need to be dealt with reverse mortgages in recent years did deal with this issue uh... very effectively some of the older mortgages you could have a problem so you need to be careful about that um... let's also talk about social security um... as most of you know if you listen to a radio show you know social security is an area um... that i advise people in quite a bit uh, What are some of the rules associated with Social Security and survivor benefits? Well, the biggest rule is that you're not allowed to keep both Social Security benefits if somebody is deceased. You're only allowed to keep the higher of the two. And this comes as a big surprise for a lot of people. Um, A lot of people going into retirement are dependent upon both of those Social Security benefits. They don't recognize that they're going to lose one of those benefits if somebody passes away, and you're only allowed to keep the higher of the two benefits, but not both. Now, there are some widow benefits associated with Social Security, and this is where the greater of the two benefits comes into play. Uh, the widow benefits um, are available to, to, to married couples who've been married for nine months or more. So if you were married for nine months or more, and there are some exceptions to that, there's a military exception to that, and uh, there's also an exception for an accident. But if you were married for nine months or more, you have the option of filing for the higher of the two benefits as a win benefit. So if you were married, and there's, two, and there's two Social Security benefits here, and the deceased is the higher Social Security benefit, you could actually refile for that benefit have it continue for you is a widow benefit if it's the greater of the two benefits and you've been married for nine months or more. Now, the biggest question that I generally receive uh, with widow benefits is what happens when you're remarried. And there's some unusual rules associated with that that I just want to cover very quickly. Um, Some of you that listen to the other broadcast about Social Security Such as a divorce benefit would know that you need to be single. If you're remarried, you don't have a divorce benefit anymore. Well, that isn't necessarily the case for a widow benefit. Uh, Widows can get remarried, but they have to be remarried after age 60. If they were remarried after age 60, uh, they're still available, the widow benefit is still available to them. If they were remarried before age 60, that benefit is not available to them anymore. Um, This is very, very important. Um, What this essentially means is if you were remarried after age 60, you then have a choice. And the choice is that you could file with the new husband or the new wife, or you could file under the widow benefits, whatever whatever the most beneficial would be for you. And so the easiest way to look at this is by, it all comes down to earnings history. It all comes down to uh, the earnings history of the deceased or your current husband or wife and which is greater. And one way to look at it would be that if you were married to a brain surgeon and that brain surgeon passed away and then you got remarried to a teacher, you probably would want to file for the widow benefits because the income of the brain surgeon is going to be higher. But if you were married to a teacher, and that teacher passed away and you got remarried to a brain surgeon, you're probably going to want to file for spousal benefits because your current spouse is going to have the higher income history. And it really is as simple as that. But where people make the mistake is that they don't realize that there are all of these things that are, that are available, all of these things they can, they can file for, and they just don't realize that they have these choices and the social security office does not let them or does not notify them they can file all these different ways and that was a big theme associated with the series for social security that all these different filing methods um, is generally where people make the mistake when people leave money on the table for social security it's because they just don't know uh, that they should file one way or another and unfortunately no one let them know that they could receive more money by filing this way or more money by filing another way. And that's why so many people make mistakes. Um, People get remarried in this area and they don't think at all about the widow situation. They don't think at all that they might have the option of filing that way. Um, It just doesn't really even occur to them. And it may be a benefit, it may not be a benefit. But under the widow situation, you are allowed to keep... The greater of the two benefits, Uh, you can refile for for the higher of the two on your spouse, Uh, the deceased spouse, if you were married for nine months or more. That is the widow benefit, essentially. So you're receiving that higher benefit as a widow benefit. Uh, But you're not able to keep both. And I know that's something that people don't really understand. And we'll continue with that when we come back from the break. Come back from the break. Come back.